0: turn with Proverbs chapter 1 this this evening. You know, I started a little thing last week, and, and, and you can learn so much from the book of Proverbs because it's a lesson for the believer. Amen. You know, we need wisdom and we need we need understanding. We need correction. A lot of things in Proverbs deals with that, amen. How Christians or how people of God are supposed to act in the world. Uh, these are my favorite verses in Proverbs. So So what I've done is I read through Proverbs, and I read through it a couple of times. I marked them out. And we know the book of Proverbs is written by Solomon. Uh, Solomon put these Proverbs together to teach the believers how to walk with God, okay? To show us how to live a godly life. To direct our hearts on what we ought to do. And the whole thing mostly about Proverbs is to instructions. Uh to receive the word of the Lord, that men and women could serve the Lord faithfully to know His will and His purpose. Listen, I'm not the best preacher in the world, but I do have a little bit of understanding of what God's trying to teach us. And He starts with me. Okay, there's some things in this, this Proverbs, and I'm going to go through a few of them. Uh, and I believe God wants to tell us something, amen? Solomon was a wise man, but he ended up not to be too wise because he ended up falling away from God. The Bible indicates that he probably, with his many wives that he had, some of them was idolaters. And he started building uh, temples to their, their false gods. And his wives had these idol gods, and he, and he didn't clean the place out. He just built uh, temples to their, their false gods. And, and, he, and, you know, he left the Lord. And I just wonder how a man that had so much wisdom could turn from the Lord. Not what he said was wasn't that it was it was right. It was it was the word of the Lord. It came from God, the Holy Spirit. But Solomon backslid on God and indicate probably he became he became a warlock, a male a male witch. But before that all happened, God gave him a word. Okay. Uh, Solomon was a great king. Solomon saw great things. Build the temple of the Lord. Amen. Uh, one, probably one of the big. Eight wonders of the world. If you you me- measure the, the value of it today, cost into the billions, easy. And he erected this temple. And God visited the, the temple. God came and He came in as He was dedicating the temple. God's spirit fell up, came in that temple. But God didn't want to dwell in that temple. He wanted to dwell in our hearts. There's no way the spirit of God or a temple on the earth could contain the spirit of the Lord. But Solomon gave a lot of words, and I'm going to share this with you. Uh, in Proverbs chapter one, verse five, I'm just going to brush through the scriptures that I, I as I was reading Solomon's, I mean Proverbs, I, I marked these verses out through through you know a good while. I mean, as I, I studied the Word, and I, I found these these verses more revealing. It's what God wanted us to know. It's what God was trying to show us. It's something that God wanted to teach us. If you look at verse 5, it says, A wise man will hear hear and increase learning. A man of understanding will obtain wise counsel. That's the thing about a lot of people in the church. They don't want to be rebuked. They don't want to tell you to tell them they're wrong. They don't want to tell you that they need to stop doing the things they're doing. They don't want the correction. But a wise man wants correction. A wise man seeks godly counsel. He seeks someone to tell him, Thus said the Lord. This is what God's will is for your life. But a fool won't do that. He'll run from correction. How dare that preacher tell me what to do? How dare that brother or sister try to judge me? Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. God is trying to speak to his church. He's trying to give us counsel and correction. And he does that through preachers and prophets and evangelists for us to learn the ways of the Lord, to find out what the ways of God is. For those that reject that, they end up falling by the wayside. They don't don't go very far with the Lord. Because they won't seek godly counsel. They won't seek the wisdom of God. They'll seek counsel from the wicked. They'll seek counsel from the ungodly. Hallelujah. Praise God. You will obtain godly counsel. And you'll increase in wisdom. When when you, when you, when a man hears and increases learning. That's the whole point. We're ever going to learn. We're never going to stop learning. We're never going to stop increasing in wisdom and knowledge. We're never going to stop hungering for the, you know, it's going to be ever till The Lord comes back. You're going to grow. You're going to learn things. You're going to find out things. I mean, things God wants you to know. God look, is looking for an open heart. I just sang that song a while ago. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Let me know your will. Let me know your purpose in my, for my life. I watched people through years, y'all, with a stubborn spirit. I mean, God's trying to speak to them, and you can see them fighting it. How dare they blame it on the preacher or they blame it on somebody in church or, or sister or brother, but they're really fighting God. Nothing hurts more than to somebody tell you the truth, and you, and you know it's the truth. But all we throw is this no judging you, you judging me, you, uh, all this other stuff. That, that, that's a cop-out. If you know there's something wrong in your life, somebody gives you a word from the Lord, do something about it. Don't run from it. Because God is trying to teach you to obey him. He's trying to give you wise counsel. Paul said that the wages of sin is death. Somebody that doesn't want to turn from his his sin or her sin will end up dying. I know this is going out, little Lloyd, you know, on the Internet. And I'm not ashamed to say it. There's a lot of dead Christians in church. That's why preachers don't want to meddle in their business no more. They like the comfort of the church. The preachers like the big churches. They like the the multitudes of people. They like the money. They like the fame. So they're not going to mess with somebody's life. Start preaching against sin and see how quick you thin that bunch out. How quick they'll flee. Don't, listen, don't tell us anything about our lives, preacher. Tell us how we're good. Tell us how we tell us how we we, uh, we we we're good people. Tell us how we can get from God. Tell us how we can be blessed of the Lord. Don't tell us we got to stop our lying and cheating and adultery and fornication and corruption. Don't tell us about you know all of that stuff. We don't want to hear that. We just want the good stuff. We want the nice stuff. We don't want the we don't want the hard stuff. Let me tell you some brothers and sisters. I've done swallowed a lot of hard stuff. <laughs> Oh, oh! look, when God's going to correct you, buddy, you're going to know it. When God's going to straighten out your life, you're going to know it. God's going to heed his word in your life. It's going to hurt. It's going to pierce through. It ain't going to feel comfortable. Listen, especially if you know what you're doing is sin. Especially if you know what you're doing is defying God. And, you know, you, you can brush it off like a lot of people do, and you can find a preacher that tell you that's all right. You can drink one little beer once in a while. You can, you can find a preacher say, it's all right. You, you know, you, that's, that ain't that bad, that sin. They'll explain away your conviction. They'll preach your conviction right out of your heart. You around somebody like that, get away from them because I want to know what's wrong with me. I want to know where I'm not pleasing God. Come on, somebody. I want to know where my heart is not right. This, this is going to evidently take me to heaven one day. This faith and this life I'm living is going to carry me to glory one day. I got to honor the Lord in my life. I got to honor the Lord in my speech. I got to honor the Lord in everything that I do. Verse 7 says The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdoms, wisdom and instruction. Let me take a little taste of water. The fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of knowledge. Okay, I said it the other day when I was preaching. You see, the fear of faith. This is the right fear. There's terror fear. Terror fear that, that brings uh, uh, doubt and unbelief, and terror fear that that, that makes you, makes you feel the bumps in the night, the darkness. And, and you know, what I'm saying, you get what I'm saying. Things that are ungodly. Satan will put fear in your heart. He'll bring fear, but God puts the right fear. The fear draws you to the knowledge of God. Fear is the beginning of knowledge. I mean, when you fear God, knowledge comes, increases and knowledge comes. But a fool despises wisdoms and instructions. A fool don't want to hear the truth. A A fool thinks he knows it all. A fool thinks he's got it all together. A fool won't listen to the ways of God. I know that's a little hard tonight, praise God. You know what? But I believe it's the truth. There are idiots out there that go to church. (laughs) There are fools that won't hear the instructions of the Lord. They won't follow God's ways. They won't turn to God. They won't seek God's ways. Hallelujah. Verse 10 10 says, my son, if a sinner entices you, do do not consider. So if a sinner comes to draw you into sin, don't give in. Don't be enticed by their ways. Don't be drawn in by their lies and their, and their sinful ways. He warns us, don't be enticed by sinners. Sinners will lead you away from God. you know why? Because they're away from God. They'll, do, they'll want you to do exactly what you do. Just, listen, I've, I've worked for the highway department for years, and I watched some of the most vilest people. And they were a little bit uncomfortable. I was a little bit uncomfortable around them because they, they, they tried to pull me into their ways. You know, I'm not saying I did everything perfect, but I didn't draw into their lies. They would make fun of me. They'd laugh at me. They'd put some pictures of women on the wall. I mean, and, you know, I had to, I had to resist that. And they saw that. One was a big old supervisor from Lafayette, and I remember that. He, says, I said, he said, I said, what about that on the wall? He said, he said that don't bother me. I said, I said, it bothers me. So that's not a fence, you see. You, 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 can, you can offend everybody but a Christian. I said, it bothers the heck out of me. Right over the water cooler, man. Just right away you drink. Some lady in a bikini. And I just turned my eyes and they offended me every time I told them about it. But it, 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 it didn't change. See? But I wasn't going to be enticed by that. And I had to turn my eyes away a lot of times, praise God, because the sinners wanted you, they wanted to try you. They're going to test you. They're going to see if you're real or not. Amen? Oh, yeah. They're going, to, they're going to try you. Now, God's rebuke is hard sometimes, okay? God's correction is hard. I want you to look at verse uh, 23 real quick with me. And I'm going to read a little bit till about verse, I don't know, verse 33. Starting in verse 22, 23, I'm sorry. This is the Lord saying, turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you and I will make you my, I will make my word known on you. Now see, God, God has a purpose to turn, to rebuke you. He wants to correct you. He wants to pour your spirit out upon you so he can teach you. Listen, God's, God's a, God's a a holy God. He's a, he's a holy father. And one thing he's not going to tolerate in his presence is sin. It's not going to happen. Well, this preacher said, I can do this. I don't care what this preacher and that preacher said, amen. What does the Word say? I call this a word from Proverbs, but I should really call it a word from the Lord. Because God is trying to teach us something. God is trying to show us something. Rebuke is good when you're in sin. Because God is trying to pull you out of judgment. You keep on going in that direction, amen, you're not going to find God. You're gonna find another life. You're gonna find a way that's wicked, that's gonna turn your heart away. Listen, we have to guard our hearts. The scriptures is very clear. We have to guard our hearts. There are people out there want to entice you. There's people that want to pull you out of the will of God. And when God rebukes you, and says, "Landon, don't do that. It's not a sin." And I say, "Well, okay, God, but I, I, I don't think there's nothing too much wrong with that." You know what's gonna happen? I'm gonna lose the spirit of the Lord. I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna lose the 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 after a while. God's gonna deal with you so long that. If you don't turn to him and, and, and do what you're supposed to do, he'll, he'll stop speaking to you. Now you're really in trouble when you can't hear the voice of God no more, when you can't hear the Spirit of the Lord no more because you've, you've turned your face from him, when he tried to correct you. That's some strong stuff, man. There are people right now in their grave and dying, re- returning from the Lord because they, they were Christians. They loved the Lord, but they, they turned their face from the Lord, ended up dying without the Lord because they would not hear his correction. They didn't want his rebuke. They, didn't want, they wanted all the blessings. They wanted all the nice things, but they didn't want the correction of the Lord in their life. Hallelujah. I'm not putting you all to sleep tonight. <laughs> Amen. Come on. He says, because I have called you and you refused. I have stretched out my hand, and no one regarded. Oh, hallelujah. God saying, listen, I reached out to you. I've turned and tried to reach out, but you wouldn't hear me. You wouldn't listen. How long is God supposed to do that before we finally listen? Listen, I ain't the Holy Ghost. And I know one thing, the Scriptures is very clear. Do not grieve the Spirit of the Lord. When you start messing with God's Word and you start justifying your life and find reason to continue in sin, God's going to turn His face. If there's sin in your life tonight, which we all deal with it sometimes, repent of it. Clean your slate. Get before God. I'm guilty, God. I know this will bring death in my life if I don't get it out of my life. I know it's going to destroy my faith. My Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. If I don't repent. But he says here, verses uh, 25, because you, you, you disdain all my counsel or ignored all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke, I also will laugh at your calamity. And That's hard when God's going to start laughing. God's going to laugh when you're going you're to start falling into misery and for calamity because you would not heed his call. God don't desire that no man in one parish. God is calling us to holiness. He's calling us to walk before him just and right. But some people won't listen. Some people won't heed. How many really know the will of God for your life? I'm going to tell you right now, the only way you're going to find that out is through this word. He puts his spirit in you to bring conviction. Conviction comes to lead you away from sin, not to sin. When you know something is sin and you consist, persist in it, listen. Don't play with that. Don't have the Lord laughing at your clamor. And you're going to get in trouble. That's when you're going to want to call up on Him, and He won't answer. Listen. People say God's not like that. Let me read you. Uh, and He says, "I will mock when your terror comes." This is God saying this to the people that don't want to hear His instructions. Okay. When your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then will you call on me, but I will not answer. You see, the thing about that, you didn't have to go that way. That's what he's saying. You didn't have to follow the ways of sin. You rejected my counsel. You wouldn't listen to my word. Now when you get in trouble and you face anguish and heartache, then you want to call upon me. You're not calling on me because you want to get right. You just want to get out of your trouble. Now, if you truly repent, I believe God would answer you. I believe when you get into distress and repent of your sins and turn to the Lord, He'll come back and He'll answer you. But what He's saying is those that go into these, 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 these spirits of rebellion against God, won't heed discounts, And they're going to continue. Now they want to call on Him when they're in trouble. Now they want to call upon Him when they have... Problems and stress in their life, and things go bad? He says, They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me, because they hated knowledge, and they do not choose to fear the Lord. They would have none of my counsel, and despise my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own ways, and be filled to the full with their own fantasies. That's a strong statement. This is God telling anyone who refuses His counsel. What is the counsel of God? It's direction, the direction of the Holy Spirit teaching you how to walk with Him. To walk away from sin. Don't be enticed by sinners. Do not follow the ways of the wicked. Because they're not seeking the knowledge of God. Jesus said there's none good. No, not one. No, well, Paul said that. They all they all become unfruitful. There's none righteous. Not one. The world is like that. The world has no God in its heart. It has no. Listen, a lot of times before before uh, Adam and Eve was on the earth, you know, and, and Noah, there, there was the age of conscience. They followed their conscience. Now they don't even have that. They don't follow that anymore. But we have the, we're in the age of grace. Well, God warns us. See, I'm not the kind of person that says, you can lose your, your salvation Be saved today and lost tomorrow. That's not what I'm talking about. But you can persist in a direction away from God. You can persist in drawing away from the Lord and and going after the ways of this world. And after a while, you're not going to hear from the Lord. And yeah, grace is eternal. But it's not unconditional. You can can lose your salvation if you persist in walking away from the Lord. You don't want His counsel anymore. You don't want His rebuke. You want to live your own life. Majority of the world today is living their own life. And look at the mess we have. We have greed and killing and murders and, I mean, everything possible under the sun that a man could do. You know, from the politicians down to the preachers, man, to the the leaders of this country. I mean, they've all gone astray. They're following their own way. God help us, amen? God help us. Look at chapter 2, verses 11. Verse 10, I'm sorry, chapter 2, verse 10. I'm sorry. I like this verse. How important is wisdom? Listen, when a person is doing something, you know, to have an understanding of what he's trying to do, that's called wisdom, all right? You might be a, a carpenter, you might be a mechanic, or you might be, you know, whatever. The wisdom that you gain through years of knowledge. Makes your job a lot easier. (laughs) You get what I'm saying? Well, the same principle it is with faith. The years as you walk for God, you gain wisdom. You you gain learning and understanding. It makes you walk with God a whole lot easier because you know what you can and cannot do. You know what's right and what's wrong. You know what works and you know what don't work. Amen? He says here, When wisdom enters the heart and knowledge... When wisdom answers the heart, and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, direction will preserve you; understanding will keep you, to deliver you from the way of evil, for the man who speaks perverse things. There it is. Direction only comes from wisdom. Listen, you can't put me in an airplane and expect me to fly. I don't know. How to, I don't even know how to put the first switch on. I couldn't tell you because let somebody go that can fly that thing. Come on, somebody. Somebody that understands how the gauges and the gears and the handles work, I ain't going to get off the ground because I don't know. I have no knowledge of the plane or the airplane. I have no knowledge on how to fly a plane. Hallelujah. Now, you can put me in a dump truck, I'll get somewhere. <laughs> ah. Oh, listen, I'll I roll today, man. Oh. Oh, yeah, listen. I, and, and the man I was hauling for you liked it, and the man was loading it was like, because I knew exactly where I was going. I knew how, not to waste time you know, here. Oh, everybody's making money, so you've got to have knowledge and understanding on how to run a dump truck. But I can't put my wife in that dump truck. She do not know how to drive that. I said, Jane, go drive today. I, I, I'm sick. She wants to get it out, the, out of the yard because she doesn't understand how to work it. She doesn't have the knowledge. (laughs) How to have the knowledge on what makes it function, how how I can drive it, and how to work the dump and all that stuff. You got to learn those things. There's things I'm learning even years after driving a dump truck. I'm still learning. Patience is one of them. Patience with people. Listen, sometimes I'm a a few patients short of a happy meal. (laughs) I'm right short of a happy meal. (laughs) When it comes to patience. But I'm learning. God's telling me, son, slow down. You know, slow down. Take your time. Learn people. Watch people. Do. I mean, watch what you're doing. And I'm learning. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at verse chapter three, verse one. And I'm just brushing. That's. I'm gonna stop on chapter three. It's just. So I'm gonna call it. The uh, word, word uh, from uh, word from Proverbs chapter two tonight. Amen. Because I believe we need to go through this stuff. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace, they will bad And I like that verse, God. because if you obey the Lord and His commandments, you'll promise a long life. Length of days, you'll prosper. Things good will happen for you. Amen. That's what He promises in His Word. Verse uh, 3 says, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tables of your heart. Let mercy and truth. We need two things. Mercy and truth. I was driving back home. Janice told me that another guy in a dump truck, poor guy, <laughs> he was stuck. <laughs> and and I, it's just down the road from my house and I know what it is to be stuck. I hate to be stuck. I don't like to be stuck. I like, for, for when you're making money doing that for your living, when you're stuck, you, you, your money stops. You you're losing hours or you're losing time or you're losing something. But you know the poor guy, he he's in a hole in a ditch. And I stopped. Me and Bo got him out. Pull him behind my house, let him put his truck for the night behind my house. I needed mercy a couple of times like that, and I couldn't get it. <laughs> you know? You know, you try, you, and then you know. I prayed with him. I said, "I said, man, we'll pray. God bless you. That truck is not too serious, the to where you know." And he heard me praying. And, and you know what? Truth, mercy, and truth is needed today. I need mercy. I need truth. You can't have mercy without truth. Amen. amen. True mercy comes with truth. I'll never learn the ways of God, which comes mercy, if I don't learn truth. Amen. God's <laughs> word is truth. Amen. He, he genera- his mercy comes through his word because he promised. I heard a story a long time ago about a man. He, had a, he was swimming and he started to drown. So a man jumped in the water, saved his life and he was grateful. Some years later, he had murdered somebody. So he got in the court and he looked and he's facing the death penalty. So he looked. He said, hey, man, I recognize that. That's a God, that saved my life, that judge. Oh, man, I'm in good shape. <laughs> it was a judge. That's, that man had saved him life. He said, judge. And the judge said, penalty of his debt. said, so don't you remember me, judge? Yeah, I remember you. So he saved my life. He said, well, I was your savior back then. Now I'm your judge. <laughs> Whole difference. You know what I'm saying? Mercy worked. But the truth either bring life to you or it brings judgment to you. Amen? Mercy and truth. Amen? Hallelujah. This is one of my favorite verses, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall do what? Trust in the Lord with half of your heart. Your whole heart, all your heart. And don't lean to your understanding. Don't try to figure it out your way. Don't sit there and say, I trust you, God, but this is how I'm going to do it. <laughs> that don't make much sense. Amen? You have to lean on the Lord and lean on His ways. It's the only way you're going to find a way out is if you lean on the Lord. If you trust in the Lord, don't lean to your understanding. In all your ways, all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. What would He do? He will direct your path. You've got to first lean on Him. You've got to trust Him. See, it's not your way. It's God's way. Amen? Not my way. It's God's way. It's not what you think, it's what God thinks. I remember reading a scripture in the Bible that says, my thoughts are not God's thoughts, and my ways are not God's ways. (laughs) We have to seek God's way. We can plan our way out and say, this is is what I think I'm going to do. Do we ever stop to ask the Lord? What do you want to (laughs) do? Sorry to say a lot of times we don't. We're all guilty of not asking the Lord, His direction and His way. But we have to seek His way. Amen? I ain't going to be much longer. Verse 8 says, honor the Lord with, with your possessions and with the first fruit of your increase. Now now I'm going to tell you something. That has a lot to do with sowing into the work of the Lord. You would to honor the Lord without tithes and offerings. Uh, listen, I don't talk much about money here. I expect people to honor the Lord with their, their tithes and their offerings. This church can't operate on air. We're all responsible To pay into the house of the Lord. Now, tithing won't keep you out of heaven. Most preachers won't say that, but I'm going to tell you that. Because you can't make tithing a law. See what I'm saying? Tithing is something that you, you, I've been doing it for years. Since I'm a young Christian. And me and my wife has been blessed. We have been blessed abundantly. When we needed God to come through, He came through. You know what? We sold many many years into the work of the lord we we off the first fruit 10% of what we what we make we give to the lord and you know what the principle works <laughs> you hear what i'm saying it's a good way to give into the house of the lord to do a work for the lord uh you're to give with the first fruit of your increase uh most people don't want, and then most people don't want to talk about it but <coughs> If you're being fed here, you're to sow here. Amen? Believe me, I have a lot of plans for this work and, I, and it's going to take some some money. Not for me. Because I got a business. I got my own right for right now. You know, me and my wife we take a little money for God. little take a little bit to help us, me and her. But we don't. Most of the money goes right back. That's how we bought that sign, the Lord. <laughs> uh. We came into the church and had a little bit of money in it, but it, it, it's done double since. And I thank God for it. it and I'm not lying. I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you. It, it's, it looks good. Because there's a few here putting their work into the Lord. I, I even do it. I pay my tithes here. Amen? And to sow your tithes, I don't care if it's $10 or $100 or $400. Whatever God tells you to give, that's the first fruit. Amen? But I want I, I to I talk more about giving in the future. Uh, right now, God's just trying to prepare us a foundation that we can walk with the Lord. But that's very important. If you want to be blessed, if you want to, he that sowed bountifully shall reap bountifully. He that soweth sparefully shall reap sparefully. You, re, you sow a lot, you get a lot. You sow a little, you get a little. Amen? But sometimes the little that you give in faith will bring a lot. <laughs> because don't. it's not the idea on what, how much you're giving, it's how much you're Faith is in what you're giving. You understand? I thank God when you can give a lot. I thank God when you give a little. Sometimes we go in and you got just a few dollars in that box. But me and my wife would bring you, put it at my house. That's how we bought that sign. <laughs> we put it aside. We, we're going to, uh, December 5th, I want to want we'll to share that with you because we're going to plan on going on an outreach in the community. And we're going to put our sign up. And gonna, I'm having some flyers made. I'm going to Bull Bridge and have some flyers made. We're going to go down to and meet everybody we can. Give them a flyer. Invite them to come to church. I'm looking forward to that. And we're going to see some good things happen. We got to work together. Need your your prayer. Your support financially, spiritually. This church needs everyone in here tonight. I mean, every one of you important. For those that are not even here is important. Amen. Those that are not here tonight. I know a lot of them are sick, you know. But. You sow of your first fruit. And we usually take that as your tithe. Amen? That's between you and God, okay? I'll never tell you how much to give. That's between you and the Lord. I can only tell you at least 10% is the Lord's of all your increase. I mean, you, And we use the finance. You can't bring me. Well, I'll plant tomatoes. I'm going to give 10% of us. <laughs> it's kind of hard to keep tomatoes. <laughs> but anyway... I don't see much about it, but I'm going to have to talk more about it because we're all responsible, okay? And it's, it's, uh, I'll never go knocking on your door. I'll never tell you to give me your check, never. I mean, I expect you to do what God told you to do, okay? And that's, that's, that's how I look at it because that's what we do. That's what me and Sister Janice does. And the principle that for us, it works. I'm telling you. I'm telling, we, had, we had sold for years and years. Like, Sir, we needed One time somebody came and gave me $10,000 in my hand I remember that we finished fixing our house and adding on to our house three weeks we had that little add-on addition paid for and never never you know God was just faithful but we had been sowing for years we've been giving the first increase for years okay praise God listen to this so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats would overflow when you wine. I'll tell you what. That's, you, want, you, want, you want a barn full of plenty? <laughs> that's what it says. I didn't write this. You sow the first fruit of your increase, and your barns will be filled. Amen? God will take care of you. He'll provide for you. Your cup will run over. I know. I, I, my wife will tell you. We've done it and we saw it. I saw it a few times. Amen. God has been faithful. You know, me and my wife sometimes we sow, and I'm I'm not just so, we sow a lot in our business. And we just give it faithfully in our business. When we needed money and it got slow, He made a way. He gave it to us. Kevin, I'm telling you, I saw saw some things happen, man. You know? And just this last couple of weeks, day, week, two weeks, man, I I made some money, man. I'm not lying. God's good. and me and my wife plan to sow this into this church and watch God work. If, if, if I expect you to, to do it, I've got to be, be an, an example. You know what I'm saying? I'm not telling you to do something I haven't done. I've most definitely done it. And God knows I'm telling you the truth. But you want your barns full. You want your cabinets full. You want your house <laughs> cabinets full. you want, You want your bills paid. So into the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm almost finished. Praise God. Verses 24. Let me read a little bit to you. And, and I'll, I'm going to close, okay? 24 says, chapter 3. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Come on, somebody. Yes, you will lie down, and your sleep will be sweet. Uh, listen, <laughs> there's time, brother, just, I need some sweet sleep. <laughs> I don't need, listen, there's times I got things, I got a business, I, I know I got the church we take care of now, and we got things going on around us. Listen, we some busy people, me and my wife. I'm not, I'm not trying to, Books back there, you tell you, very, we, we don't have too much time where we can sit down, we drink a cup of coffee, maybe me and her sometime. Sit down. For f- it was yesterday. I mean, I was sitting down like, Dad, I need, blah blah, 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 I said, Lord, I need to sit, Lord. <laughs> I want my, my sleep to be sweet. I want a, a good night rest. You will not be afraid. Do not be afraid of a sudden terrors, nor of the trouble from the wicked when it comes. I'm reading the New King James. For the Lord will be your confidence, and I like that, and I will keep your foot from being caught or slipping. Do not withhold good from those whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do it. Now, what that means is that there are people that need help, and if you can do it, please help people, man. Please reach out to people. If I want to stop for that poor man, he'd probably still be in a ditch. I don't Poor guy. I know what he feels like. I said, you almost feel that pit in your stomach. Oh, Lord. I hurt with him. I've been in the ditches, and I've been stuck, and I've been broken down. But do good when you can do it. Help someone when you can help them. It says in verse 30, Do not strike with a man without a cause, if he has done you no harm. You heard that? You know, I, we have so much strife in this world. <laughs> we have so much battles between people and cultures and and, and, and and races. What for? I told somebody the other day, it was, it was a little black brother. I said, listen, let me see your hand, man. What's the difference between me and you? I said, you got a darker skin than me. If you go under the skin, we're all the same thing. <laughs> We all got red blood. We function the same way. We have the same everything. Just because somebody's skin is darker than the other, that causes death and strife. Think how foolish that is. Because somebody's a a different color than somebody else. That's what that's all about. What you see going on today. God help us. God help us. I'm not going to strive with somebody because he has... A different color skin in me, with no cause. Come on, that's stupid. That is absolutely listen. That is that's what I, racism is a sin. It's an evil sin. It's a sin God's going to deal with. The Bible says God's not a respected person. I don't know why I'm bringing this up, but maybe that fits with that verse there. God is not God is not looking at the whites more than the blacks, or the blacks more than the whites, or the Mexicans more than the whites, or whatever. In God's eyes, we're lost souls that need a Savior. He's reaching out throughout this world. I was looking at a, an old video Brother Swagger had done, one of them classic videos, what he had did, and he was showing uh, one of those crusades he used to do back in the early 80s. And I, looked at, I just was looking at the people's face. He was in Guatemala or somewhere. They were so tired, Kevin. The people were so drained. Their lives were so burnt. You could see that there was no hope. Tears running down their face. They couldn't go to Walmart like me and you. They couldn't go to the hospital to take their little children like me. It's just just communism. It's just death. They fight for everything they got. And they're tired. They were weary. And when that message of the cross, when that message of Jesus, their whole face is lit up. Now there's hope. Now there's peace. Now we can find life in Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 35. I'm going to close with this one, okay? The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the legacy of fools. The wise shall inherit glory. What glory? The glory of the Lord in our lives. But the fools, its legacy is Death there would be shame in, in their lives. Amen. Listen, I'm not, I'm not here to pick on nobody tonight, but is our life full of shame or, or glory? Does our life reflect the glory of the Lord or the glory of this world? I need more of Him. I need to walk with Him. I need to put my life more in Him. I'm a Christian. I love the Lord. I'm going to heaven, y'all. But I'll tell you what, I still got some rough edges. I got some places in my life that I want God to take his hammer and his chisel and and chop them out. To shape me. To make me what he wants me to be. I have to see his purpose in my life, not mine. I got to see his will in my life, not mine. And I got to walk according to that will.